Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode 133. Ask Jenna Anything is back, and today we're talking all things branding. I'm so excited to let you in behind the scenes of how we really create a solid brand message, brand images, the website, the whole shebang. And I'm going to walk you through what I think a true brand is. Before we dive on into the show, I want to go through the review of the week by Caitlin Machinsky. She says, I've been following Jenna since taking the Instagram Lab course over the summer, and I am so excited that she launched this podcast. She is so full of knowledge and great tips to help grow your business. So proud of you, Jenna. You're so inspiring. Keep rocking it. Thank you, Caitlin, for taking the Instagram lab. I am so excited that you are following me over here. Every single week, guys, I take a look at these reviews. It means so much to me. And so many of you have asked, like, how can we help Gold Digger? I mean, it's a free show. We're putting out free content every single week. And the one way that you can truly help is just take two minutes of your time to leave a review. It is so simple. But it makes a huge difference. It also helps us get some super epic guests that you've been wanting to hear from. So, without further ado, let's dive on in to Ask Jenna Anything All About Branding. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts. Listen in on honest conversations and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Who are we fooling? You hate ads, right? It's like, just give me the content and stop trying to sell me on another thing. Guess what? I heard you loud and clear, so loud and clear that I'm doing something totally radical and I'm letting go of all of my sponsorships. Now, I might be crazy, but bear with me because when I started this show, the Gold Digger podcast, it was all about impacting people with the best free education out there. And so to align with my mission, this show is not sponsored anymore. But it is brought to you by our free Pinterest resource, the Ultimate Pinterest Guide. That's right. 
website. It's entirely free and a full seven-page guide to help you crack the code on Pinterest. Just get your hands on it by going to www.jkpinterest.com and snag it. That's right, another free resource made especially for you at jkpinterest.com. Enjoy. Now, let's get to the good stuff. Are you guys ready? Hey, hey guys, I'm so excited to dive in today. You guys know I'm a total branding freak, which is why I'm so pumped up about this Ask Jenna Anything About Branding episode. I truly believe branding yourself and your business well is the single most impactful thing you can do for growth, but I know it can be super confusing and frustrating at times, which is exactly why I'm so pumped up to dig through your Ask Jenna Anything branding-related questions and to go through a crash course in Jenna Kutcher Branding 101. So are you guys ready? Let's dive on in. The first question comes from Margaret S. And she says, how do you market yourself without feeling like you're being pushy, bragging, too aggressive? So one of the things that I think is so interesting when we talk about branding and marketing is when you can create something or sell something that you know is making a difference. It's making people's lives better or easier or simply just adding joy to their lives then it doesn't feel like you're being scammy or salesy. And so what happens when you can brand yourself in a way that allows you to market without feeling pushy or like you're bragging or aggressive, what happens is this colossal shift. And I noticed it happened in me a lot when I started entering the education sphere. Because at first I'm like, well, who is going to pay $500 for a course? But one of my mentors told me, he said, Jenna, think and imagine what their lives will look like if they ignore this, if they don't take this course. What, what's going to happen to them? They're probably going to be stuck exactly where they are today. But what happens? What transformation can you make happen through selling this course? And it totally retrained my brain to think about the benefits, the value, the excitement that I can offer people through what I'm selling. So all of a sudden, it takes that weird like trying to get people to understand pitch And it flips it on its head because I am a human, I am a brand, and I am talking about what your life could look like. I'm not trying to keep you in a hole. I'm not telling you how crappy your life currently is and that your life is going to be crappy if you don't do this, but I am creating and painting this transformative picture for you, and it's up to you to decide if you want it or not. So when we talk about branding and you worry about things like bragging, what I think is important is you have to look at other companies. And I used to work for Target. We did all kinds of things. There would be a team member of the month or an executive of the month. And they did all these different things to celebrate you. But suddenly, as an entrepreneur, all of a sudden, all the celebrating stops. I mean... When people say cue the confetti on Instagram, I'm like, uh, no one's ever cued any confetti for me, right? So when it looks like sharing your wins or sharing those exciting things, I think you need to do so and just ask yourself, like, is this serving anyone else or is this just like for an ego boost? But also look at it in a way as you are inviting people into your journey to celebrate alongside of you. You might not have a full team. You might not have tons of coworkers. And so when you put some of that stuff out there, it's this way of saying like, thank you for supporting me. Thank you for sharing this vision, this dream of mine. Here's what's going on. So I hope that answers your question, Margaret. 
The next question comes from Rachel W. And she says, how do you create so many unique domains for your different downloads and other offerings? And I think what she's talking about is we have like JK Insta or JK Pinterest or JK email us. We have jennacutcher.com, shop jennacutcher, gold digger podcast, the Kutcher condo. I own a lot of domains. In fact, I probably should have looked this up before coming on here, but I would gander to guess that I own probably 50 different domains. And I just create the domains and then I point them to different pages that are internal. So I use a program called Show It. And I, whenever you create a new page, it's going to be under the main umbrella. So a lot of them would be jennacutcher.com slash Instagram, but I think people aren't going to type that in. So then I just purchased jkinsta.com and forward it to that longer URL. I love buying URLs. I would say it might be a passion of mine, but you can get URLs for like $10 a year or something. I mean, of course, if you're buying them, make sure you're using them. But we use a ton of different domains in my business just because I know that people are busy and they need something easy and quick and memorable. And that is why we have so many unique domains for my different downloads and different offers because I want to keep it easy on you. And plus, I mean, I like having things that just make sense. So I'm kind of a freak in that. Okay, Sydney Jade Creative on Instagram would love to know how to share her story or create engaging content that attracts her tribe. How can I write killer copy like you do and share your story? Sydney, awesome question. Thank you so much for asking that. So one thing I would encourage you to do is that we have an upcoming episode coming out very soon, and it's all about writing down your brand stories. And this episode will walk you through a lot of the things and the tools that I use. But what I want for you to understand is that stories connect people. And so if you're struggling with creating engaging content and writing copy, I want for you to ask yourself a few big questions. So number one is like, who is it that you're serving? Who are you showing up for? Who are you trying to reach? And what kind of things are they facing in their life? What kind of things do you understand about them and where they are at? And I think a lot of times when we go to market or sell or create copy, we are so focused on the after that we forget what the before looked like. And so when you are creating an awesome brand and when you are creating the copy that goes along with this awesome brand, you have to understand and acknowledge the power in your story. And like I said, this upcoming episode is going to walk you through that. But another way to do this is to just let people in. I think that a lot of times we strive to create connection between between the person and the products or services that we're offering. And we're out there and we're forcing this relationship between something that might not work together. But here's the thing, as a human being, connection can always be found. I want for you to think of like, let's say you go to a dinner party. I don't know who actually goes to dinner parties. I'm like shaking my head because I don't. But let's say you go to a dinner party and you only know one person there, but you know you're going to be sitting around a few other people. You as a human being, are trying to create a connection or find a commonality or find something that you share with this person so that you can have a conversation. It's kind of like when we go on trips and we bring up our dogs and then someone else is like, oh my gosh, I have a dog too. And then all of a sudden you're showing them all of the dog photos you have on your camera roll and you realize how creepy you are. 
it's because as human beings, we're trying and striving to create that connection. And so what I love about my brand is that I am able to create connection on so many different levels based on where someone else is at. So I recognize that me sharing things like my miscarriage or body image or dogs or mac and cheese or my love for naps or yoga pants, that's not going to connect with everyone. Not every single facet of my brand connects with every single person, but somebody could come and they could see themselves in something that I'm sharing because of the way that I share that. And so when you look at creating engaging content, I want for you to really challenge yourself and ask yourself, what can connect me to someone beyond what I have to sell? What is unique about me? Even if it feels basic, guys, like, hi, I have a brand based on noodles. Yep. And really just start to figure out how you can share those small little bits of connection so that people have a reason to follow you, even if they currently don't need what it is you're selling. So when it comes down to writing copy, there are some awesome resources. My own copywriter, Ashlyn Carter, was on the show in one of the first episodes, and we kind of talk about our process there. But I want for you to just get better at telling stories and asking yourself, why does this matter? And how is this serving anyone? And am I doing this story justice and challenging yourself? It doesn't have to be every single post. Every single post doesn't have to have this profound story, but really getting down to the heart of things. Because then, Sydney, you you will attract your tribe because you're not just trying to force a relationship between what you're selling and a person that might not be interested. Lazel Farm from Instagram says, I would love to learn more about storytelling for your website, connecting with clients and being your true self. I can't seem to make the connection to being more authentic online. How do you make the jump from being stiff to more authentic? So I sometimes want to use the little air quotes when people say authentic because I think it's become a catchphrase. I think that the internet has turned into this place that is so confusing because you're like, I'm sharing too much. Now I'm not sharing enough. Now I'm laying out all my dirty garbage. Now people think I'm crazy. Now I need to be witty and funny. And now I need to be really deep and profound. And we start to walk ourselves in circles because we don't know what people want. And instead of asking yourself, what do people want? I think that you have to ask yourself, what is true to me? I talk a lot about staying in alignment and what that looks like for me, especially now in my journey is putting my head down. I think that so often we are consuming everyone else's content. We are looking at everyone else's feeds. We're reading everyone else's captions. And I think all of that is beautiful, but it gives us this false sense of community. And all of a sudden, other people's ideas start to become our ideas. And all of a sudden, our work looks like everyone else's. And we're looking at what people are doing that are successful. And all of a sudden, our stuff looks exactly like theirs. And so when you talk about being authentic, I would like to change that and say, what is in alignment for you? What feels good? What feels like you're showing up in the way that you're intended to? Because I think that when we talk about being authentic, people think about putting your entire world out there and sharing all the dark secrets that you have. And that's not true because you can stay authentic while still remaining private. Trust me, I do it. And so if you're feeling like you're being really stiff and your brand is just super rigid and stiff and you want to shift to more of a personality, you have to focus 
focus on building a brand and not a business. A lot of times when we start selling something or start marketing our services, we turn into a business and we forget that this business has this real beating heart, this personality, these desires, these values. And so all of a sudden, all of our marketing messages become super dry and all we're doing is just selling, 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 and it's not really getting us anywhere. And so like I was saying a minute ago to Sydney, you have to start listening to yourself and figuring out what can connect you to your ideal clients beyond what you sell. And I often give the example of if I was only sharing wedding photos, if I was only sharing Wisconsin wedding photos, my ideal client would be engaged brides in Wisconsin looking for a wedding photographer for the next year that haven't booked a wedding photographer yet. Now that pool would be way smaller. My reach would be way less. I could only impact a very small amount of people. But instead, I share things like our dogs and our struggle with fertility and body image issues. And I share our house and our travels and all of these things because I'm just laying down these little breadcrumbs for people to walk with me on that journey of my brand, which ideally is me and my life. And it's also allowed me to branch out in so many different directions because people genuinely care about me and the things that I'm excited about. And so when you look at your website, I want for you to ask yourself, like instead of having a formal bio of like, Jenna graduated in 2010 from the University of Wisconsin Stevens Point with a degree and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, tell me something about you. Don't just talk about your product. People expect you to love that. I mean, I wouldn't go to like a dentist website and hope that they say, I love teeth. Uh, Yeah, I hope so, because I'm going to you so you can clean mine. So a lot of times we, like I know a lot of photographers, they'll say like, I love having a camera in my hands. Uh, Duh, people expect that. But what they don't expect is to actually care about who you are and not just what you can do for them. And so I challenge you to loosen up, to type the way that you speak. You can read things out loud. And if it doesn't sound like it'd come out of your mouth, it's probably not authentic to you. And then just listen to your gut, stay in alignment, maybe log off of social media for a week while you do some soul searching and ask yourself, what is your message and what's important to you and how you can communicate about the world. Okay, next question comes from Alexis. So she says, how do you feel about using stock photos for blog posts? Are they valuable or cheesy? So I'm a photographer, so I very, very, very rarely use stock photos. That means I use them every once in a while. And my friend Shay Cochran, who was on this podcast, talks about how you can use stock photos. I think they can absolutely be valuable, but I think that you have to use them in the right way. And I think and I believe that people are going to connect deeper if it's something that you've created. So I would challenge you, even if you are on an iPhone or just using your phone for images, like I challenge you to try to create content for yourself. It's going to push you in a new direction. But hey, some of us just are not artistically inclined and there's no shame in that game. There are different stock photo resources out there. I would say I like to pay for stock photos just because then I know that they're not going to show up everywhere. And a lot of times, like if I do use a stock photo, it's because I'm either in a bind, I don't have time to shoot something, 
or it's offering something that I know I can't shoot on my own. I have no shame in that. And I think that that's a beautiful thing to admit. But at the same time, Alexis, I think that people would connect more in terms of a brand story if you're creating blog content to just create an imperfect photo. And I think done is better than perfect. And that would be my challenge for you. All right. Our next question is coming in from Mary B. So she says, I have a blog, a coaching program, and a small online Shopify store, and I'm researching starting a podcast. They are all mine under my husband and my name. Question, all three are not branded the same. Is it too confusing and not niche enough? So I'm going to give you my best response, Mary, because I think that there are two different directions you can go. And since this is my show, I'm going to tell you what I think. I think what is so incredible about running a multifaceted business where we have about seven different divisions that are all creating and generating income for us is that they are all under that one umbrella. And it's not for everyone, but what I have found is that it enables me to share all of the facets of this business without being apologetic and without trying to manage a million different accounts a million different email addresses, a million different domains. And so what I think is so incredible about a brand is that if you can create this one brand centered around you, Mary, and your husband, and then you can have all of these different programs make sense within that brand, that is where you're going to see more success. So whenever we talk about my website, jennacutcher.com, I like joke because I'm like, it's the mothership of everything that we're doing. I mean, I have a photography business, a condo in Hawaii, a Shopify shop, a podcast. I teach online education. I'm a public speaker, you know, and there are all these different facets to my brand, but they all make sense because it's all me, my voice, my mission, my decisions. And so What I would challenge you on is, you know, I've tried to manage multiple Instagram accounts. They all failed. They all failed miserably because I couldn't give the attention that they all deserved. I've tried to manage multiple domains. But what I think is so cool is if people can fall in love with you, Mary, then they're going to be more on board to fall in love with whatever it is that you're offering. And so the power in creating a brand is the ability to pivot. And I've talked a lot about this in my show, why you need to create a brand and not a business. And what I think is so incredible is that we have been able to pivot so much, especially in the last year, because people care about the brand. And every extension, it makes sense. It's all cohesive. We're not coming up with a million different logos. We're not challenging ourselves to create a million different websites because unless you have a gigantic team, I don't think you can manage it well. So I would say that if you can do it and share all of your passions in a way that makes sense, where you, Mary, are the heart behind everything and where you can really create an intentional space online that shows each facet without repelling things that people might not be interested in, I think that is where the secret sauce of branding can lie. Emily says, you talk about marketing to your ideal client, but what about when your business is new and needs to grow and build a clientele? Should we start with marketing broadly and then narrow down marketing when the business is more established? So I'm going to push back on this one, Emily, and challenge you. 
if you start trying to market broadly, meaning you're trying to be Nutella to everyone and make everyone happy, you're never going to learn how to hone in your voice so that you can speak to the right people. So even as you are just starting out, what if you don't have any clients at all? You want to craft your messaging, your brand, the way you're showing up online to speak to those dream clients, to be so clear as to who you are targeting that those people can't ignore it. And I want to kind of share a story because I walked through this. When I started as a wedding photographer, I looked at every other wedding photographer website and I was like, okay, they're doing this. So I'm going to kind of like make mine a little bit like this. And I wanted to blend in because I totally felt like a fake, like a fraud. I was a photographer and I thought everyone was going to know it. And so my mission was to blend in, to look just like everyone else. And here's the thing. I had amazing clients, but they were clients that just needed someone with a camera to show up. They didn't need me. They didn't really care about who I was. They just needed someone who could take pictures to show up. And that's what I did. And it was great. And I mean, it's where we started. But when I started to look at, I'm trying to appeal to every single bride in this state who is getting married, instead of saying, okay, I need 20 brides, just 20, to know that I am without a doubt the right fit for them. When I started to target those 20 people knowing here's what they value. Here's the kind of work that they can imagine themselves in. Here's the tone they use. Here's where they shop. Here are the things that they're excited about. That was when everything changed for me. I was able to raise my prices to book the right people. I had clients that would call me like the night they got engaged to try to book me because they knew I was the right fit for them. And so I was trying to be vanilla for the first few years of my business. And while it worked, and I don't know if it would still work if I did that over again, I think that as you are starting to grow and build, I think you have to hone in on who that person is. And it might be hard and it might take a lot of refinement and there's going to be an evolution process that goes along with that. But you can ask yourself right now, Emily, like who is your dream person? Like if you could pick anyone off of Instagram to work with, who is it and why? And start to look at, are there similar characteristics? Are there things that connect you to this type of person? Are there things that they value? And those are the people you should be speaking to. And don't be afraid. Don't shy away. If you need to do some free work to get started, I think there is nothing better than bootstrapping. But then take control of those experiences so that the work that you are creating in those times is work that is going to appeal those ideal clients. I absolutely did some free work and some very, very, very underpaid work so that I had a portfolio that then could attract the right people. So don't be afraid to do that. Just value your time and know that that's not going to be forever and don't let yourself do that forever. But definitely don't try to hit a broad market because what's going to happen is that you're not going to be speaking to anyone and your marketing is just going to get totally lost. Excuse the interruption. I know you are enjoying this content and your brain feels like it might explode. And so I wanted to drop in and remind you of our totally free resource created with you in mind. If you're only on Pinterest pinning recipes, fashion inspo, and home decor, it is time to up-level your pinning game and get more 
Pintentional with your strategy. This show isn't brought to you by a sponsor, and I'm sparing you on the ads, but it is made possible by our free Ultimate Guide to Pinterest, and I want you to get your hands on it. Cool? So hop on over to jkpinterest.com, grab your copy, and start rocking Pinterest with intention today. Hit pause, go get your guide, and then we can jump right back into today's show. I'll see you over at jkpinterest.com. Now back to the good stuff. Melissa M. says, I would love to learn more about branding and search engine optimization or SEO. It's like a foreign language. What are the most important steps? Is there someone you know who rocks with this? Would love to hear more. So when we talk about branding, a lot of times people combine it with search engine optimization. If you don't know what SEO is, it's basically your searchability on things like Google. So if somebody were to type in Wisconsin wedding photographer, I would hope that my name would show up towards the top of that search engine list. And so SEO is super confusing. And I'm going to be the first to be honest and say that someone on my team handles SEO, Caitlin does, because I don't really get it. I understand it, but I don't necessarily get how to make it work. So What I know about it, and I'll be as candid as possible, is that you want to look at keywords. So what are the people searching for and how do you want to be found? So like I said, Wisconsin wedding photographer, Wisconsin bride, Milwaukee wedding, Madison wedding, and typing in all these things as keywords, you don't want them to show up like in your post or in the subject of your post. In fact, that's been proven to not help your search engine optimization. But what you want to do is first just create a cheat sheet of keywords for you. And then you can add things. So let's say, Melissa, that you have a blog on WordPress. There is a Yoast SEO plugin, Y-O-A-S-T. That is what we use. And there you can put different keywords that will increase your searchability. But what I would say is, depending on what kind of market you're trying to reach and who you're trying to reach, I made it the first five years of my business without a focus on SEO. I was on my own. It was something that overwhelmed me. I just didn't quite understand it. I didn't see the need for it. And I did just fine. And that's because I was creating relationships that led to referrals. And so I'm not telling you to not focus on it. But what I think is important is to see where your skill sets lie. Maybe it's something that you can outsource or it's something that you could implement just slowly at first. And I get it. It's confusing. And I think one of the hardest parts about being an entrepreneur is you're hearing like, you need to do this and you need to do that and you need to do this. And all of a sudden you feel like a failure because you're not doing any of those things very well. So for me, SEO was not a focus in my business until Caitlin came on and she knew a lot about it. So she just took that over. But one other place that SEO truly helps with is on Pinterest. So When you are on Pinterest, people don't use it like social media. They use it like a search engine. And so you want to make sure that when you are pinning your own images, you are using these terms that they are searching for. So if you go to jkpinterest.com, I talk all about this. I love to teach about Pinterest. And Caitlin also manages that and totally helps keep that running. But We've seen more growth by focusing on Pinterest using SEO strategies than we have actually seen in straight SEO. So I hope that helps. 
Serena says, I'm just unsure how to start and how to find my voice. I don't really know what my Jenna Kutcher 5 would be. How do I find that? So let me address the first part. You're afraid or unsure of how to start and find your voice. So a few different things have helped me in this. So one of them is I would think about different captions or different copy and I would record. So like voice note on my phone, record myself talking about it. And then I would transcribe myself talking and I started to figure out like the way that I was typing was very different than the way I was speaking. And so it was very disjointed. And I think what happens is when we go to school and we go to college and we learn five paragraph essays and this is how you correctly write. A lot of times we become very formal when we are writing specifically on things like websites and captions. And so what I started to find was when I would voice text myself and hear how I was describing things or the way I was speaking, I started to realize that my voice exists. So if you're asking how to find it, you already have it. You just have to get good at transferring it to the online space. So the other tools that I did then is once I started getting good at typing in the way that I speak, I would read my caption out loud to Drew. And if I found myself feeling embarrassed or feeling like unlike myself, I'd be like, okay, got to change it. This is totally not me. And so a lot of times we are so influenced by what other people are putting out there, the way other people are speaking, that we don't realize like that influence is rubbing off on us. And so when I would read my captions out loud to Drew, if I found myself like giggling, I'm like, okay, clearly I got to I gotta rework this. When it comes to picking a Jenna Kutcher 5, so what that means is I teach all about this when it comes to Instagram is I challenge people to pick five different categories that are going to be your brand categories. And one of those categories can be something that you sell. So your product or service, just one. And so what I tell people is a lot of times we don't systemize our social media. So it becomes a really, really hard thing for us. We feel like we need to, you know, just post on the fly and have the perfect witty thing to say and the perfect photo. But what's helped me is having five categories and then Monday through Friday posting one category. So it'd go one, two, three, four, five next week, one, two, three, four, five. And the cool thing about this is that you're actually creating a brand and not just a business. And so instead of only sharing the thing that you sell, you're showing up in different ways and serving throughout the week. So for my five, I have things like my marriage. That's one of them. My wedding photography, the watercolor quotes I write. I share a lot about our travels. I share about our dogs. And so you can kind of transform your five throughout the year as you change or as you find different interests. But what's so helpful about that is that all of those other things, the things that are not the things I'm making money from, are creating these connections so that people actually care about what I am selling. So for me, it's been super, super helpful to pick these different categories. And that's allowed me to build a brand where people think of me, they think of mac and cheese and they think of puppies and yoga pants, and my husband, and not just think, oh, you're a wedding photographer or, oh, you're a podcaster or, oh, you're an educator because they know all of that, but they feel like they know me. So no matter how silly it might feel, you could pick things about like where you live or if you really love food or if you're a yogi, if you love to read books, you could share different travels you've been on or people in your life. There's so many different ways that you can share different facets of your life that will be these little strings of connection 
to people beyond just selling. And what I love and when I teach about this is that when you choose these five different things, it takes the guesswork out of it. And it also helps to never just be posting one note because I think a lot of times we become one hit wonders. We're only sharing the thing that we sell. And then if people aren't interested or they don't need it, they just unfollow. They have no reason to keep following you. And so Serena, I would just challenge you to ask yourself or maybe even ask friends, like when you think of me, what things do you think of? And writing those things down and then finding out a way to incorporate them within your feed. Okay, the last question comes from Carolyn M. She says, I am currently running two separate social media accounts, one for business, one personal. I don't think I want to merge the accounts, but I'm struggling with how much personal to share on my business account to make me personable yet protect privacy. How do you decide how much of you to share while still maintaining a healthy level of privacy? This is a great question, Carolyn. So one thing that nobody knows about me is I am incredibly private. (laughs) like super private. If we were to sit down and have margaritas or a glass of wine, I would tell you pretty much anything. But I am one of those people that has just a few very close friends. And that's the way that I like to keep it. And so what happens is the way that I've been able to create a brand and to share my life has created so much connection where people believe that they know everything about me but I think that's kind of the strategy behind it. It's the plan. I want you guys to feel like you know me. I want to become a trusted friend in your life. And you just have to remember, like people are showing up online in a way that feels good to them. And so you can't just look at someone like me and be like, oh, I need to post about all of my hard things because I'm not posting about all of my hard things. I have been very open about things like miscarriage and body image because those are things that I I want to see change in the world. I want to see change and I recognize I have to be that change. But I am also the kind of person where like I will happily share about my marriage because it's so important to me and Drew is like a leading role in my life, but I'm also going to protect our privacy in that marriage. So if I'm going to tell a story, it's going to be from my point of view. It's not going to throw anyone under the bus. And so when you have two accounts, what happens is people promise me, oh, it's not just going to be all business and all personal, but that's exactly what happens. And so I challenge you, if you're not up for merging and creating one brand, then you have to figure out ways to invoke your personality, to share your personality on that business account. Or like I said, if people aren't in the market for what you're selling, there's no reason for them to follow you. You are becoming a giant fish in a tiny pond and you're only reaching people that are currently on the market for whatever you have to offer. And so I always ask myself, like, if I were on a plane, would I tell the person next to me these things? And honestly, everything that I share, I would because I'm very open about it. I'm not embarrassed about any of the things I'm putting out there. But there are definitely things in my life that I hold sacred. You won't see a ton of photos of my family. People don't even know I have a brother because I don't really share about him. He's not on social media. It's not his goal to have a million Instagram followers. So I protect that about that. And I think that it's beautiful and you just have to really listen to your gut on that. But I do challenge you, like if you're running two different accounts, do not let them be strictly business and strictly personal or else both of them will suffer. All right, guys, there you have it. Your branding questions answered here on the show. You all know I could talk about branding for days. So this was super fun for me. But as always, if there are any topics or questions you'd love to have answered on the show, head over to the Gold Digger Podcast Insiders Facebook group. 
Or you can go to the Gold Digger Instagram, which is linked in the show notes, and you can access those show notes at jennacutcherblog.com slash 119. Again, that's jennacutcherblog.com slash 119. Hop on into our Facebook group. It is popping. It is so much fun. And of course, you can go to at Gold Digger Podcast on Instagram. Head over there. You guys are truly the motivation behind this show. And so hearing from you and reading your questions and answering them is my very very favorite thing. If you gained any insight or tips from today's show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. I put my heart and soul into making this podcast exactly what can serve you and show up in your life in the best way possible. And reading your reviews is honestly like Christmas morning for me. It is the best gift a girl can get. So please know that I read every single one. Just hop onto iTunes, leave a review. It takes two minutes. But until then, keep the questions coming. Happy branding. And until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And thank you for hanging out and sending your best questions in. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.